88K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Two streets in Yamate are closed off in the SIR's first ambush-style COVID-19 lockdown. The chief executive hails the success of mass testing in Jordan, but says there'll be no leaks before future operations. And the government asked Beijing for more vaccines after hitting problems with its suppliers. Residents of two streets in Yamate will be forced to spend the night at home and undergo coronavirus testing after the government ordered its first ambush-style lockdown. Officials blocked off parts of Pitt Street and Tongan Street at 7 o'clock and hope to complete testing by 6 in the morning so people can go to work. People in the affected area say they were caught off guard by the sudden lockdown. We're not angry, but it's good for us, COVID-19. But we don't have any notice. We don't give the notice at our house. It's very trouble. I live here and there is nowhere else for me to stay. Well, I guess there's nothing else I can do. The lockdown is understandable. If the government doesn't do this, an outbreak can get really serious. People living nearby say they're already taking precautions, including stocking up on food, in case the lockdown is extended to their homes. Meanwhile, the government says it will resume some basic public services from Thursday. While most staff will still work from home, bureaus and departments will offer certain basic services with infection control measures in place. Earlier, the chief executive said more lockdown orders could be imposed to curb the coronavirus after hailing a successful operation in Yamate and Jordan over the weekend. Carrie Lam said these ambush-style operations will be made without notice. Violet Wong reports. Speaking to reporters ahead of the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mrs. Lam said the weekend lockdown helped stop the spread of the virus, with 13 cases identified from more than 7,000 residents living in about 150 buildings. She also said it was unfortunate that details of the operation were leaked, noting that a large number of personnel within the government, as well as staff at three laboratories, had all been in the know. To ensure future lockdowns are kept confidential so residents will not leave in advance, the chief executive said they will be smaller in scale, for example, restricted to one street or several adjacent buildings, but added that several operations could take place at the same time. So the next thing we need to consider for the um, next operation is whether we could be more focused, but we could do more at the same time. It could be one in this district, another one in another district. The CE added that the government will improve its support and supplies for residents so they will not become nervous and will not leave the lockdown areas. And the chief executive says she's asked Beijing to provide Hong Kong with mainland-made COVID-19 jabs after delays in the delivery of the vaccines the government has ordered. She didn't reveal what the problem was with the BioNTech vaccine that is expected to arrive from Europe next month, but the EU has since said it may restrict vaccine exports after manufacturers failed to hit agreed supply levels. Vicky Wong has more. Carrie Lam said the SAR has a desperate need for coronavirus vaccines, especially for high-risk groups and cross-border workers. We have 10,000 truck drivers crossing the border every day, and uh, they have to take tests every day. So now that we have a vaccine, there was a proposal put to us that they should be vaccinated as early as possible, together with the mainland truck drivers, so that there could be greater assurance and safety. So uh, with those considerations in mind, I sort of trigger what I have been given to understand when I was in Beijing last November 
that if there is a need in Hong Kong, then the chief executive could always approach the central people's government for help in uh, trying to secure a certain proportion of uh, mainland developed or mainland produced vaccines to come to Hong Kong. And that's exactly what I have done. Asked how Beijing responded to her request, Mrs Lam said the central government has been very supportive in helping Hong Kong authorities tackle the pandemic, for example, providing face masks and helping with the community testing programme last September. The SAR government has approved the use of a jab made by Germany's BioNTech and distributed by the mainland's Fosun Pharma. It is the first vaccine approved for use here and a million doses are expected to arrive in the second half of next month. The two other vaccines the government has procured but is yet to receive are the ones made by Anglo-Swedish company AstraZeneca and from mainland firm Sinovac. It wasn't clear whether the jabs Mrs Lam would like to see Beijing send to the SAR are the Sinovac ones already ordered or those made by another mainland company Sinopharm. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past eleven. The manufacturer and distributor of Hong Kong's first approved vaccine says they'll provide training materials to local health officials and ensure the jab is transported here safely. The vaccine, designed by BioNTech, needs to be kept at ultra-low temperatures. The company's partner, Fosun Pharma, says it can transport doses from Germany, where it is made, in 48 hours and store them for up to six months. Its spokesperson, Iris Law, explained through an interpreter how shots will be sent to vaccination sites. We'll do packaging at minus 75 degrees Celsius, super low temperature freezer. We'll place them in thawing facility for three hours. The temperature will be two to eight degrees. We'll check all the packaging materials and provide proper labels of the expiry dates. We will count the amount and place the vaccines in a container at two to eight degrees Celsius. The vaccines will then safely arrive every single vaccination centre. The CEO of BioNTech, Uga Sahin, also said phase three trials globally have shown its vaccine to have efficacy of 95%, with the rate only slightly lower for elderly people. He says most common adverse effects like fatigue and headache disappear in a day or two. Our vaccine have been evaluated in a large randomized phase three clinical trial with more than 44,000 subjects. And in this trial, we didn't observe serious safety concerns. Of course, if the vaccine is now provided to millions of people, we will have observations. But we would like just to praise that in all these reports that have been so far made, also in the report of Norway, no direct association with the vaccination has been claimed. The government has announced that more buildings in Jordan, Mongkok, Yamate and Hongham are coming under stringent mandatory coronavirus testing rules as part of its efforts to step up surveillance of the virus in the SAR. Richard Pine has more. Health officials say two new areas will be designated in Yaomate and Mongkok, as well as Hongham, while an existing area in Jordan will be expanded. And the rules will continue to be in place in an existing zone in Shamshoi Po. People who live within these areas will be ordered to get tested for COVID if their buildings report one single infection. They will also be required to undergo testing if the virus is found in sewage samples collected from their blocks. The new zone in Yaomate and Mongkok district is bordered by Nathan Road, Public Square Street, Ferry Street and Dundas Street, while the one in Hongham is bordered by Station Lane, Dock Street, Poloi Street, Winslow Street, Hongham Road South and Chatham Road North. 
The Undersecretary for Health, Choi Tak-yi, described the new testing protocol as forward-looking. We might initiate the action before the outbreak become very significant. That is the reason why we added those new designated areas in the regions that I've mentioned, the new Mong Kok area, for example, because of factors that we have considered before, like the buildings are rather old with not so satisfactory management, the number of cases or the number of buildings affected and the locations of those buildings are rather concentrated. So we would like to act early and impose a more stringent testing protocol. Under the new rules, residents living in six buildings within these specific areas are being ordered today to get tested for COVID. This comes as health authorities reported 64 new coronavirus infections. All but one are locally acquired. One third of them are untraceable. More than 50 other people have tested preliminary positive for the virus. Mr Choi said the city's coronavirus situation is still serious. He noted that almost 500 infections were recorded in the past week, 40% of which are untraceable. He's also announced that current social distancing rules that are due to expire on Thursday will be extended for a week till February the 3rd. The police say they're searching for at least one more Chinese at university student over an alleged attack on campus security guards earlier this month. The force has already arrested four students, including the head of the university's student union. Timmy Sung reports. The police issued their appeal following the arrests of three Chinese university students on suspicion of unlawful assembly and assault over an incident on January the 11th. Another student was arrested on the day itself, with all those held so far being male and aged between 19 and 22. The police called on the Chinese university student, he wasn't named, as well as other assailants to turn themselves in. They called on them to do so as soon as possible, so people who care about them won't commit wrong acts in order to protect them. Detective Superintendent Chen Chi Cheng alleged that the suspects were trying to force the university to stop implementing identity checks at campus entrances. He said the university is not above the law and the force will not tolerate people trying to hide their illegal acts at the special environment of the campus. The detective superintendent also used a press conference to give his views on the alleged incident as a former student at the university. Making it clear he was speaking in his capacity as an alumnus, he described what had happened as child-like methods to bully and attack the security guards. He then criticized the university students' union, accusing it of attempting to play down the alleged crime as clashes between students and security guards, saying this was nothing but a shameless excuse. The student union, for its part, expressed regret that the police had once again conducted mass arrest of students and entered the campus for investigations. It confirmed that one of those arrested was the union's leader, Owen Ao. The group accused university management of refusing to deal with problems arising from the introduction of the security guards and condemned them for calling in the police. The January 11th incident is said to have involved a security counter near University MTR station being damaged and powder and eggs being thrown at the guards there. The government of the Philippines has insisted that the use of force in international waters is generally prohibited after Beijing authorised its Coast Guard to fire on foreign vessels. China still lays claim to shoals and rocky outcrops off the west coast of the Philippines, despite an international court ruling. From Manila, here's the BBC's Howard Johnson. 
Measuring his words carefully, President Rodrigo Duterte's spokesperson Harry Roque said he hoped no country would do anything in Philippine waters that could worsen the situation. Despite the 2016 ruling in the Permanent Court of Arbitration, China has always maintained its territorial claims in the South China Sea, delineated by the country's nine-dash line, a sweeping maritime border contested by its neighbors. Local media have reported regular sightings of Chinese Coast Guard ships patrolling in Philippine waters and numerous reports of harassment of Filipino fishermen. Thailand's parliament has voted in favour of allowing abortions in the first 12 weeks of a pregnancy. Rights groups have welcomed the vote, as the BBC's Michael Bristow reports. Previously, Thai women could be sent to prison for three years for having an abortion. Doctors face five years in jail. Tough penalties still remain for terminations after 12 weeks, but abortions before then are now legal. The new law comes after Thailand's constitutional court last year ruled that a ban on abortions contravened women's human rights. It gave the government a year to change the law. Rights groups say women would now not be forced to seek legal abortions. To sport and in football, Thomas Tuchel is set to become the new Chelsea manager after Frank Lampard was sacked yesterday. Stakeholders at the London club hope the German can unlock the potential of their most gifted talents. Tuchel had been linked with Chelsea in 2017 when he left Borussia Dortmund. He was dismissed by Paris Saint-Germain in late December after months of fighting with the club's sporting director. Writer and broadcaster Sandra Goldschmidt covers Borussia Dortmund and believes Tuchel has the required qualities to succeed at Stamford Bridge. But the real challenge might be how he gets on with club owner Roman Abramovich. I think um, his quality as a manager, there's no doubt about that, um, that he can make teams better. But um, yeah, I wonder how he's going to get on with Abramovich because um, he always had certain problems with staff and uh, CEO, sport director at Dortmund. So that will be um, tricky to see if that works. England's cricket captain Joe Root says his side's recent series win over Sri Lanka is a big boost of confidence ahead of their tour of India. The first test starts in Chennai on the 5th of next month. England are unbeaten in 10 straight tests under Root's captaincy. We've also got to be quite realistic. We're going to have seven or eight days now with no cricket at all, six days in quarantine and then three very important days of prep. But one thing we have got is, is a huge amount of confidence coming out of, of these two games. And I think it's really important that, like going into this series, we're very smart about what it is we take into the games. And, and hopefully we can manage that well and, and get off to a good start. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Two streets in Yamatea closed off in the SAR's first ambush-style COVID-19 lockdown. The chief executive hails the success of mass testing in Jordan, but says there'll be no leaks before future operations. And the government asked Beijing for more vaccines. The news from RGHK.
actually putting an appearance in... Um, oh, the 60s biker movie. Yeah, that one. That's Tony Basil, of course, getting us started for the second hour of The Late Show for this Tuesday, the 26th of January 2021. Easy Rider. Yes, of course. Yeah, she was in Easy Rider. In the best little whorehouse in, in uh, New Orleans, wasn't it? Yeah. In that scene, yeah. Still going strong. I think she's like 78, 79 now and still does phenomenal choreography. Cheerleader type. 19 minutes past 11. Simon Wilson with you in the hot seat all the way through till 1. We're playing music of the 60s, 70s and 80s for the next 11 minutes or so. Then we're going to be slowing things down with some assorted ballads and easy listening through till 1 with just a wee hint of late night nostalgia. (laughs) 